Are you on the right track to retire? On today's show, we'll break down a retirement readiness checklist to help ensure that you are. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome, everybody, to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience. He's also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. You can check out his website at laurelws.com. Good Sunday evening, Steve. How are you this weekend? I'm well, Teresa. Good Sunday evening to you as well. Yes, yes. So doing anything exciting over these last few weeks of summer? No, just trying to relax a little bit and try and, try and enjoy, the, enjoy the sun mm-hmm. as long as I can. <laughs> well, that's good. You know what? That, you know what? Relaxing like that, that's underrated. You don't have to be going on different trips or going places. It's just nice to just chill out and have a good time that way. Absolutely. Summer, like I say, is my favorite time of the year. So talking about, you know, re- when you have retirement, every day is your favorite favorite day of the year, you know? <laughs> so you've got that solid retirement and income plan in place. That's good. But now it's time to tick off the boxes to make sure it's in tip-top shape to help get you and keep you on the right track. We're going to talk about that now. Um, first one up is consider your retirement date. Yeah, so the the whole basis of a plan is when you want to actually retire. So you want to consider your retirement date and if you're still enjoying your work, maybe you don't maybe you don't need to retire right away or, you know, if you're in good shape, maybe and you don't enjoy your job, maybe you want to retire sooner. So one of the key steps as you develop a retirement plan is considering when you actually plan to retire. And of course, you always want to work longer and pad your portfolio and perhaps delay social security. It there's obviously financial benefits, but there's also, if it's a job that you don't like that's causing you stress, it also could have detrimental health effects. So it's kind of a balancing, uh, kind of a balancing act that you have to to weigh. Mm-hmm. It's worthwhile to consider your expected retirement date, uh, you know, from a number of different angles. So just not just looking at the financial de- dimensions, but also looking at whether or not you're married, right? So if, if your spouse is not retiring at the same time, if you're going to retire and sit around where you could be at work making money and delaying your retirement, um, you know, or if you're, or if there's stuff correspondingly, if there's stuff that you want to do that you want to do while you're still young and healthy and you have the, the, again, the resources check out. So then maybe you, that's a situation where you want to retire a little bit sooner. So there's no kind of one, one size fits all answers to that question. Right. Right. And another one to keep in mind is assessing your in retirement income needs. Right. So the next step in the process is to take stock of your planned in retirement spending. So one of the things that you want to have is you want to work with an advisor who has a the means to be able to do that, meaning that they're tracking your spending for you. And there are tools out there that will help that will help with this. And most most uh, retirement distribution planners are going to have that. And so you'll want to. Um, you want to not use rules of thumb like 80% of your pre-retirement income. 
you're going to need to look at your actual spending. Because what happens a lot of times is you have a spending surge at the beginning of retirement and you end up spending even substantially more than what you were spending pre-retirement because maybe you're doing things like downsizing and you're you're trying to get the house ready to sell and then you're going to be paying moving expenses and setting up the new place. Um, or there are some trips that you wanted to go on and you, you know maybe they're expensive like a Viking River cruise or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And you end up spending a little bit more that first year out, the first, especially those first six months to a year out uh, of retirement. Yep, because those Viking River cruises, they do cost a lot of money, but they look really nice. <laughs> Next yeah. up on the list is quantify and maximize pension and Social Security benefits. Right. So one of the big things that you need in a retirement distribution plan is to find out what your guaranteed sources of income are, because the foundation of a retirement distribution plan is your spending. And, you know, the next one, a lot of people talk about, mm, they get a bad rap, but um, they're good in some respects. Evaluate the appropriateness of annuities. Yeah. So annuities are not bad products or a lot of times they're just a bad fit. And that's partially because of the way the, the agent who's selling the annuity gets compensated, which is on the size of the premium. So what happens a lot of times is people end up buying more of an annuity than what they actually need. So that's why it's critical to look at things like your social security and your pension. And an annuity can certainly be a solution to reproduce you an income, but you don't want to put too much of your your money into an annuity or more than that more than is necessary because annuities aren't liquid. So when you have those emergencies or those things that come up in life uh, or even just inflation, you want to still have something in your portfolio growing. So you don't want to tie up all of your money into an annuity, but it, an annuity could be a solution if you needed, say, $1,000 or $2,000 a month coming in. Typically, an annuity is going to be able to produce you that income for the fewest amount of dollars, meaning you'll have to deploy less resources to produce that, say, $2,000 a month check using an annuity than you would using something like bonds. Okay. All right. So we've got all this stuff checked off, um, making sure you know about uh, not overspending. What's important with that is determining whether your planned spending rate is sustainable once you get into retirement. Right. So what we mean by sustainable is we there's two things that a lot of people underestimate that seem pretty basic when you hear when, when you hear me say them, but you'd be surprised that even a lot of financial planners don't account for them correctly, which is inflation and taxes. Hmm. So when you're taking money from pre-tax retirement accounts, you're generating taxable income. And so people will look and say, oh, well, I have a million dollars saved. If I take you know, $60,000 a year from it, I should be fine. Well, that 60000 that you're taking to spend is money that is going to be taxed as income. And so that sixty is really 90000 right? Mm-hmm. Not 60000 And then if you look at what that 60000 is buying, what it buys today is not going to be the same thing as what it's going to buy 20 years from now. So if you're retiring at, say, 63 and when you're 83, the the same 60,000 is gonna isn't gonna purchase the exact same thing. And if you think about that logically, you can just in your own life think about times where you've bought something and you remember what it co- what it used to cost you 20 years ago, um, and it's substantially less. Um, so, you know, you want to you want to definitely account for those two risks. Yeah, and that that is definitely a good thing to look at. 
And, you know, talking about all of this, it's so important to have a fiduciary that's on your side listening to your concerns and your plans for your future. Someone who's got the decades of experience, someone like you, Steve, you help your no, clients on a daily basis. No, that's exactly what we do. And, you know, we're, we're willing to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan that's going to look at your guaranteed sources of income. It's going to look at, do you have a spending shortfall? How should you allocate your investments as you near retirement? Are you actually ready for your planned retirement date? Have you even thought about what your planned retirement date is? So these are the types of questions we're going to ask, and we're going to put together that report uh, for the first 15 callers today absolutely free of charge. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees. It's common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk in a sales pitch. Folks, you just need to sit down and get that financial roadmap put together. And Steve, he'll translate the complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. Again, that number to get in touch with Steve, it's 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. The callers that call in will receive a comprehensive financial review. It's going to show you where you are now, but most importantly, the review is going to show you a roadmap to get you where you need to be. In short, you've got nothing to lose. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. We've got more segments coming up. What's next, Steve? Choosing a financial advisor is a big decision. When we come back, I've got a list of questions you should ask an advisor before you decide to do business. You're tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Steve, he handles everything from estate planning, financial planning, health insurance, you know, legacy planning. It's stuff maybe you don't want to think about, like long-term care, but it's so important. Also, uh, Social Security maximization and a lot more. So, you know, talking about all this, you, you have so many questions, I'm sure, when you're looking for a financial advisor. So before you decide, you want to make sure you're getting the services that you require and the advice you need. And I know, Steve, you talk so much about the track method. You want to explain how you came up with that and um, more details behind that? Yeah, sure. So I have a whole, anyone who's read my book out there knows that I have a whole chapter in my book on this. And the track method is just an acronym that I came up, T-R-A-K, the four skills that you basically want in the financial advisor or retirement distribution planner that you're choosing. And so the, the T of the T-R-A-K is thoroughness, meaning all that laundry list of stuff that Teresa just rattled off from social security maximization to looking at your health insurance, that they're really looking at the whole picture and they're, they're considering all the different risks and things that could get thrown at you in retirement. So we talk a lot on the show about, you know, unexpected expenses that can be reasonably expected, right? Like, so at some point, probably in your retirement, you're going to get, have a big dental bill. That's not an unexpected expense. Mm -hmm. If it's been 20 years since you've done anything to your house, it's probably going to be a roof or a water heater or a boiler. Those are not really unexpected expenses. Someone who's planning thoroughly is considering those things in your plan. And they're certainly considering the big risks, healthcare inflation, long-term care. So you want to you want to work with someone who's definitely very thorough. And so that would be the T of the track method. Okay. 
the R is, is the, I call it the most important skill because remember that when some, when you're trusting someone to handle and make, help you make decisions about your money, you want to make sure that you're able to get in touch with them. Right. And so if you have a question that's burning, a burning question on a, a Saturday, you don't want to let, let that sit and fester over the weekend and cause you anxiety and cause you to lose sleep. So the R would be responsive, meaning when you call with a question, the person gets back to you. More importantly, when you send an email or you ask them a question in writing, that they respond with an email or in writing. A good financial planner is not afraid of putting things in writing. And so if you're, if you're writing out emails to your, with questions to your financial planner or the person who you're thinking about hiring and they're constantly responding with a phone call, it, it could be that maybe they just don't like email, but more likely they're, they're maybe don't want to put a written record of what they're telling you. And so it should raise your guard a little bit. It's one of those kind of red flags that you, you want to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so a good, a good financial planner is always responsive and will, will, will usually respond in the same mode of communication that you're, you're, you're communicating with them. And the reason they do that and particularly like to put things in writing is because it, they know that they're giving you a second helping of the facts and they're making sure that they're clearing up any ambiguities. And so that's what I mean by being responsive. And then the A is also very important. The A is accuracy, right? So now we don't, as none of us have a crystal ball, so none of us can tell you definitively, hey, the market is going to go up 10% or 20%. That's not what I mean when I say accuracy. Mm-hmm. We talk so much about annuities on this show, right? And insurance products. These products come in a thousand different flavors. They're very complex. And we talk a lot of times about how it's not, sometimes it's not a bad product or it's just not the right fit. Mm-hmm. And so the product itself is, can be good, but you want to make sure that when someone is making a recommendation to you to buy a product, that they're explaining that product accurately and they're explaining to you in simple terms why it's in your best interest. So that if a family member was to ask you, oh, well, why did you buy an annuity? Because this does happen in real life. You know, you'll buy an annuity. It'll make sense when you're meeting with the advisor and then you get home and your kids say, well, why would you ever do that? And then you say, well, uh, and you can't, you can't explain it. So <laughs> when, when I say accuracy, you, you want to make sure that the advisor is explaining it to you accurately and is taking the time to make sure you, not, if you don't a hundred percent understand it, at least understand it enough to why you can, you can cohesively say why you own it and why it makes sense in your, your plan. And so that would be the A, that would be accuracy. And then the K of the track method is knowledge, right? So knowledge is, there's lots of different people who call themselves financial planners, right? And so just like if you were going to a doctor for your heart, you could go to a general practitioner, but you probably would rather see a cardiologist. The, the same idea. So if if you're in that phase of your life where you're entering retirement and you want to create a distribution plan, you want to work with someone who's been specializing in that and and knows that area of of practice because it's a completely different skill set. And so if you're paying for advice, you want to make sure that the person has knowledge and that's the K, obviously knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you the advice that you're getting is is coming from a position of this person is learned in that area and has spent time crafting their 
their knowledge and, and, and is staying up to date on the changes. So they're aware of different tax laws and, and things of that nature. And so if you have those four things, then there are some other questions that, you know, kind of basic questions you can ask, but you can tell just from your, your interactions and dialogues with someone, whether or not they're thorough, right? Because, you know, if they're, con if they're constantly rushing you off the phone, chances are they're not going to be that thorough, right? If they're taking time to really explain in minutia something like inflation, then chances are that that, that advisor is probably pretty thorough. One thing to wrap it up with is also, you mentioned about this having a specialist, like for like a cardiologist with a heart, having a fiduciary, which is you. I mean, that's, you know, you'd say financial planner, but if you don't have that designation behind it, you really don't care about the other person's needs or goals for their future. You might be pushing the product or for a company you're working for. So that is so important is that make sure they are a fiduciary. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, you know, looking at that and then looking at your services that you're going to need mm -hmm. and does the, does the advisor provide these services and does he provide them competently? So a lot of times someone will say, Oh yeah, I, I can, I can run a social security report for you. And then they just, it's one sentence in their plan, if at all, or you have to remind them about, Oh, you told me you were going to run a social security report. Right. Right. So, um, all these things speak to thoroughness. Yes. And, Thoroughness is what you do. I mean, you've got the two more than two decades of experience as a fiduciary helping your clients every day and new clients who come in have questions. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we still have about eight spots left for anyone who wants to go through the process. And you can see for yourself firsthand, it's a great opportunity to, you get a sense of what it would be like to work with me and there's no obligation. We're going to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan for you absolutely free. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Today is your opportunity to build a tomorrow that you want. There is no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation and give Steve a call. He's got some spots left on his calendar. I know they are filling up. The phones are ringing. And you'll find out more about his track, uh, his solution to uh, planning for your financial future and your retirement He's an advisor you could trust. He's got more than two decades of experience. He's there listening to your concerns and plans for your future. Let him put together a lifetime customizable retirement plan for you. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. What's coming up next, Dave? Saving for retirement is important, yet many women are facing challenges in building their nest eggs. When we come back, we've got some insight that could help women save more for retirement. Thank you, Greater Orlando, for spending some of your Sunday evening with us. We are so thankful you're tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. Check out his website, laurelws.com. So being a woman... Maybe I'll sting a little bit, but women save less than men, and they have fewer working years. And these are factors that have made planning and saving for retirement a serious challenge for a lot of women. Yeah, that's it's a definite. So let's see what we could do to help change that. So first question, Steve, is why do women have less retirement savings than men? 
Well, it's different financial needs coupled with historically different family responsibilities uh, ha has made it difficult for women to save adequately for retirement. Now, that's, uh, you know, some of these um, pre, you know, pre-described notions about gender are changing. And so, and hopefully soon enough, women's salaries will be equal, if not better than men's. Um, I hope that for my daughter, at least. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, but you've had years of women earning less and doing the same work. And so, and then you couple in gender responsibilities, like many times uh, women have been the one who've had to, to leave the workforce to raise a child or take time off, certainly when they're pregnant. Um, so often, you know, that can lead to them having less savings and women spend a little bit more on families, children, miscellaneous expenses compared to men. Um, and then addition, like with the big, the big thing, like we talked about is that, that 18% gap. So right now men are paid 18% more than women are paid. And obviously if you think about a, a typical 401k contribution, a lot of people are putting 15% of their salary, right? Well, if you're getting paid 18% less, um, and then the money has to go further. So the one, the one positive, I guess, for women is that they're, uh, they're going to live longer than men. So, and so, but the, on the savings side, you have to, you're, you're with a longer life expectancy, your savings has to stretch a little bit further. And then women are a little bit more moderate, typically, uh, in terms of willing to take risks and gamble with the money. Um, so long-term stocks outpace any form of investment. Uh, females historically have less of their allocation in, in things like the stock market than, than men would. Okay. All right. And going down this list, we have like, you know, the, another question comes to mind is how women can recover their retirement savings. So there are a couple of practical tips that can help women bridge the gender gap and recover their retirement savings. First, it makes sense to assess your financial situation and get a clear picture of how you use your money. And so in order to do that, you want to not only start savings, but you want to analyze your income and your spending. And so, again, we talk about this so much on the show, but having a, having systems in place to track what you're spending, because when you measure, you make better decisions. Secondly, you really want to start trying to prioritize savings contributions, and that will go a long way into recovering your retirement savings. So um, if you are plugging money in at a younger age, you're obviously going to have more later on. And so it's, it comes kind of as a, it has to be a mini paradigm shift from the, you know, from the attitude that when money comes in, you know, spend on the family, you have to start thinking about saving for yourself. And it's important to, to invest in things that will help support and secure your future. Meaning it's great to have safety, but that safety has a cost, right? So I was just speaking to a client last week and they said, well, I, I don't like to take, I don't like to take investment risk. Mm -hmm. And she had a very healthy balance in her bank account, almost seven figures sitting at a 10th of a percent interest. And I said, the greater risk is inflation, right? So your money, yes, it's safe right now, but long-term it doesn't have safety because it's not going to buy the same amount of uh, it's not going to purchase the same amount. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have something in your portfolio growing and it, it can be uncomfortable to watch things fluctuate. But if you're working with someone who's guiding you and 
walking you through the process and figuring out how much is the right amount to have in something like stocks uh, and you have a written plan, it, it can be, it can be a lot better. Yeah. And that's good. That's good. And you mentioned before about knowledge earlier in our show, knowledge is power. So educating yourself is so important. Right. No, it's definitely integral that women educate themselves on retirement funds. Um, and so nowadays women are taking a lot more control over the money uh, than, than men. But historically, you know, a lot of times women wouldn't even touch the, the checkbook or, or whatnot. And all. It was the man who was making all the financial decisions. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is changing. And I think women are more knowledgeable about, about stuff. A lot of times women are more knowledgeable than men on, on most of these topics. Um, but the more knowledgeable you have, the more confident you can be in saving and understanding what that savings is going to do for you. And so part of it is the knowledge and then part of it is having a guide or having, having someone walk you through and hold you accountable and, and, and having a, a, a seasoned sounding board. So when you do have questions on something, someone who will spend the time to make sure you understand why you're doing what you're doing and why you're owning instead of, you know, um, and this is one thing I've, I've noticed, uh, obviously I have a lot of female clients. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I've noticed just anecdotally is that women will actually take the time to, to learn. Whereas sometimes men will just say, Oh yeah, I trust you already. Just do what you need to do. And they don't want to know what they don't want to <laughs> peel back the onion and see what, what, what it is or, 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 or what you're doing. So, right. um, that that's one of the great skills that, uh, a lot of women have is that they do, they do value their, the person they're choosing for, to give them advice or they're, they're, they're actually spending the time and learning. Yeah. Be more analytical. That that's, yep. That's yeah, yeah true. True. I, I could say that from experience. Um, and also last one is consider rebalancing your portfolio. Yeah. So portfolio rebalancing and reallocation is a pot has a positive impact. It can reduce risk. What I would tell you is don't over rebalance. So sometimes you want to give something some time to run. Um, so we tend to blindly put ourselves into these situations like in the 401k where we're, we're rebalancing every month. And what happens is an, an asset class could run for two or three months and you're selling out of it what, you know, at the beginning of a run sometimes. So rebalancing is good, um, but I, I'm not a big fan of doing the auto rebalance every week or month. Um, if you're looking at it on a six month basis, then, then I think rebalancing definitely has some value. And these are all things that we would go over in a financial plan. And so we still have four spots left for anyone who wants to call in. We're going to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. We're going to start with your goals and we're going to look at your habits and we're going to help you track your spending and all the things that we talk about on the show you'll get a real, a real true sense of what it would be like to work with us. And that number to get in touch with Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. First step is to sit down with a financial advisor. And if something we're talking about today resonates with you, whether it is tax planning, it's social security, healthcare, just that overall big picture, you want to give Steve a call. Or maybe you just feel the need to get that second opinion. You want to make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals. We're talking about all this before. Give Steve a call. He is an advisor you can trust. He'll take the stress out of planning for your future. Again, that number, phones are ringing, folks. You want to get in. 
please do. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. One more segment left. It's a pretty fun one, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, time once again to answer your questions. That and more when we come right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. You can also check out his website at laurelws.com. Time once again for listener questions. We have a lot of fun with these. And first up, we've got Sarah in Winter Park. She says, can you explain the living benefit on life insurance? I never thought of life insurance as anything but a death benefit. So I'm curious as to how this works. Great question, Sarah. And this, these products are super popular now. And so what a living benefit on life insurance is, is the rider basically that allows you to spend the death benefit while you're alive. And that can be used if you are terminally ill. Some of them will are allowed to be used for long-term care. So if you need help doing six of the activities of daily living, which are, um, so if you need help with two of those, typically you can spend the death benefit uh, while you're still alive. And so those activities of daily living are akin to the activities you learn in early childhood, like eating and bathing and dressing and toileting. And so what that would do is say you had a $500,000 death benefit, you would be able to spend that down in monthly increments of say 2% or 3% or 4%. So if they, just to use an example, if you had a $500,000 death benefit, what one of those features would allow you to do is if you needed long-term care, you could spend down say 3% of that death benefit every month or $15,000 a month uh, until, it's, until it's exhausted. Now, if you passed away um, and you've used 200,000 of that 500,000 for long-term care, then there would only be 300,000 left for your beneficiaries, not the original 500,000. So um, it's still the same insurance amount, but you're, you're spending it down. So sometimes they call that a hybrid policy. And then also some people will use life insurance as a retirement planning vehicle because the accumulation in the cash value is tax-free. That makes sense for a, a much fewer number of people than the long-term care feature does. But um, there are situations where life insurance as a cash value accumulation vehicle could also make sense. All right. That sounds good. And we've got Daniel now in Spring Lake. I'm preparing for retirement and trying to figure out where I should go for money to meet my income needs. I understand it's important to start by withdrawing from some accounts and save other accounts for later. What's the right sequence? Well, great question, Daniel. There's no, there is no catch-all sequence. Um, so you want to look at you. You want to look at what your tax bracket is, typically. And so you want to, if you're taking money from pre-tax accounts, you don't want to, you don't want to catapult yourself into a higher tax bracket. So, the for example, there's a big jump between the twelve percent bracket. It jumps to twenty-two percent. So for every dollar you you go above that that twelve percent bracket threshold, you're paying twenty-two cents on the dollar. So your your silent partner in that transaction is Uncle Sam to the tune of 10 cents a dollar. And so it's it's about taking it from the right places. Now, 
we ideally, you want to leave your growth assets in something like a Roth IRA. You want to let those continue to grow as long as possible. To the extent you have assets in, in a bank account that might be yielding a hundredth of a percent, it might be smarter if you need more rather than catapulting yourself into the 22% bracket by taking more from a, a pre-tax retirement account. Maybe you take some from your bank in that year or you spread the taxes out over a larger number of years. And so it's there's no there's no cookie cutter solution. I wish, you know, I wish I had a better answer for you, but that's one of those things that we would address in your plan and we would show you, all right, well, here's how much we think you're going to need every single year and here's how here's where it would come from. So there's no there's no um there's no one size fits all solution there. Okay. All right. And we've got Louise in Holden Heights now. What makes a retirement income plan structured? And what does that mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, a retirement income plan is is a plan. It is a, a type of structure. So it's it's a roadmap, right? So just like if you were doing a, a building a building, you'd be doing a blueprint, right? So it's, it's a, the same idea. Um, for it to actually have any meaning, though, just like if you were building a building, you have to break ground before, mm -hmm. before you actually build the building. So a blueprint in and of itself doesn't do anything. And so what the retirement income plan does is it, it shows you what, what you're going to, what your retirement is going to look like potentially, but you need to actually, in order to make good on that plan, you're going to need to take action and action can come in a variety of ways. Maybe, there are things that you need to change in, in your investments. It could be that, um, you know, you want to own certain types of investments in, in certain types of accounts. So it could be shifting there. These are not typically huge life changing, life altering changes that you need to make. It's, they're usually fairly simple, but the most important thing is you need to be, have a system of ongoing review. You need to be meeting with an advisor who's reviewing your, your situation on, at least, a, I would say at least twice a year, but ideally a quarterly basis. And so if you're meeting with someone on a regular basis, then you have someone kind of holding you accountable and monitoring and making sure you're staying on track. And so, you know, it's, it's different from a building in that standpoint, because you're not having someone constantly doing building inspections, but in retirement, because your life changes more, more rapidly and little changes like changes in the market and changes in your health. Um, can have a big impact on the plan. So you need to constantly be revisiting and, 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 and reviewing. Okay. All right. And our last question is from Phyllis and Wedgwood Groves. Does my employer's matching contribution count towards the maximum I can contribute to my 401k plan? Great question, Phyllis. It does not. So I'm going to repeat that. It does not count towards the maximum. So you can still contribute your, if you're over 50, you can still contribute your 26,000 and say your employer is matching 5%. That 5% goes on top of what you're contributing. Now, if you have something like, say you're a federal government employee and you have a TSP, you could actually, they're going to match 5% of whatever you contribute. A um, couple important things. Number one, the match is usually going to be by pay period, meaning that if you're one of these people that likes to say, I want to get it out of the way in the first two months and they, you, you, you defer 80% of your paycheck and you're at 26,000, you know, by March, 
um, you're missing out on that free money for those nine months if they're if they're contributing via um, pay period. And a lot of times I get the question I get is, well, if I do the Roth, then I'm not getting the company match. And that's not true either. So a lot of times um, people will think that because the, the match money doesn't go into Roth. The match money goes into a pre-tax retirement account. But they're still matching you based on your contribution. So even if all 26,000 was going into a Roth 401k or a Roth TSP, if they were if they were matching you by 5%, their contribution, their 5% would go into a pre-tax account. But your money still goes in to Roth. So you could do you could do Roth contributions as well. So important to know that. Okay. And so that's one of the things that we look at in our, in our plans is, you know, should you be doing Roth contributions? Should you be uh, how much should you be contributing to your 401k? Do you need to catch up? Are you behind? Wouldn't it be nice to know those answers before you retire rather than just kind of using hope and, and prayer? And we still have two spots left and we're going to do that absolutely free. Number to get in touch with Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This is an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. And that review is going to show you where you are now. But most importantly, the review is going to show you a roadmap to get you where you need to be. In short, you've got nothing to lose. Give Steve a call. Again, just a couple spots remaining. Call now. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Fast moving hour is always, Steve. Looking forward to next weekend. Yeah, same here. I will see you next week, same time. Thank you, Orlando. And we'll see you right back here for the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve Caruso. 